Hey everyone, welcome to the Dear Warren Podcast, where we do backseat parenting. We share stories, principles, parables, lessons, and pass them down to my son Warren. But most importantly, we try to have fun and hope you do too. This episode features another return guest, our good friend, Michael Whitmire. Mike is a father, he's a jiu-jitsu practitioner, and he gained some fame from his previous appearance um, as listeners have been referring to him as the bow hunter. This episode, Mike reveals his latest ventures into nature. We got into a deep discussion about foraging, specifically reishi mushrooms. He even brought over some mushroom tea to share, uh, as well as getting deep into their medicinal properties, as well as giving us further insight into the art of archery, how nature finds its specific balance based on context, and so much more. So, please enjoy as we present to you, Michael Whitmire. This is the Dear Warren Podcast. And I am here with my good friend, again, Mr. Michael Whitmire. How are you doing, Mike? Doing great. How are you doing, Nikki? I'm doing well. On a Sunday morning once again, and uh, if you guys don't remember, this is actually Michael's second time on the podcast. We went over a lot of bow hunting uh, in the original one, and that was your moniker for... Um, when I was when I would go around to people, and they they listen to the podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, I like the I like the one with the bow hunter, man. Oh, you mean Michael? Yeah, the bow hunter. <laughs> Didn't know you by name, but they knew you as the bow hunter. That's awesome. And now here's another uh, thing to throw them for a loop because you've been doing another type of hunting. In in this case, you've been hunting mushrooms, reishi mushrooms. Yes, please go into that. So <laughs> we uh, we were just having a, a learning experience about reishi and all the the benefits and how you find them, where to, where to look. So, I guess I'll start in the beginning. So Go I, for I started it. having How some did... allergy issues, mm-hmm. and and I looked um, looked into some things. Didn't want to go with the pharmaceutical route. Um, you know, I'm always more of like into the natural stuff. So, and I've made tincture before with other other, other sort of things, uh, mm-hmm. other like oregano tincture, that kind of thing. Um, so I started, I was going to order some, and I'm like, you know, these don't really seem that quality. Maybe I should just go find my own. And I'm like, you know, I don't really know where to look. I have no idea, <laughs> as usual. Um, just something to get into. So I dove in. I, I started talking to my friend Russell. Um, he, I would say he's the one that sort of clicked it for me. He's like, here's where you need to sort of look. Now, uh, what does Russell do? Oh, Russell's the uh, the body worker friend of mine. I, okay. I'm not sure if you've ever met him. He came yeah. in and rolled a few times with us. Mm-hmm. Um great guy he's you know he's the guy that works out the kinks in my neck when uh you know jiu-jitsu gets to uh you know injuries you know but anyway he uh he's a big trout fisher mm. and he's like the one day he's trout fishing and he he's in a hemlock grove and he looks up and he sees a reishi mushroom and he wasn't even looking for it um so he starts telling me look look for hemlock forest and look for water and and you might just be lucky enough to find a reishi so, of course, all the hunting spots that I've been, I start thinking, like, where have I seen this combination? And uh, it's a place I've been going for, like, 20 years, but never thought to look for Rishi, so was never looking for him. Mm-hmm. So, my wife and I, Amy, who was also on your yes. podcast, uh, we, we go on a hike like we do normally, and we were lucky enough, we start finding Rishi. So, kind of a magical experience, you know, felt really lucky. You know, I don't it's, know. It's the proper term. I use, I use the term mushroom hunting. It's uh, foraging, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's hunting. It's, it's hunting. Uh, but I think it's like that part of your brain that you start zoning in on uh-huh. your environment. So it's hunting. Um, 
And this was, was this an offshoot of uh, actual hunting? In other words, you said you went with uh, your wife specifically on a hike to get it. Or is this also as you're hunting and you're scouting out whatever you're doing, then you're also in, in the back of your mind, all right, I'm going to look for mushrooms as well too. Well, most of my hikes revolve around uh, scouting for deer or mm-hmm. <laughs> looking for something. I mean, I'm not usually just walking through the woods for, for nothing. Okay. You know, we're, we're studying, we're learning about stuff. Like I've been trying to get more into plant ID, um, trying to figure out more medicinals that are like native plants that are medicinals in our forest. So I'm looking for stuff. I'm not just sort of walking uh, mm-hmm. in the breeze, but, um, this one, we were specifically looking for a Rishi. Um, and I figured if any spot, this was going to be the spot. And I can't tell you where it is, of course. It's it's, course it's a secret spot. And the, uh, you were telling me even before the podcast that uh, this is a, a r- rare? Is that the term you would use for them? Is it a rare mushroom? That's what they say. I know. I, like I said, I was super lucky. First time mm-hmm. I went, I found a beautiful patch of Rishi mushroom. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's a common you know experience for people or if they look for years before they find their first one. But... You know, when I was doing the research, everybody says they're hard to find. Yeah. So. Is it hard to find? I guess it, well. Um, Hemlock trees are hard to find. Jeez. So here we go. You've got your own uh, uh, specific hunting grounds, your specific uh, hunting grounds, both for deer, now for Rishi as well, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a magical place, man. <laughs> it, it has what you need. That's, that's why uh, we got to protect these places. So why Rishi specifically? Why don't you go into, uh, as you said, you, you started doing research on it as far as its properties. Why this as opposed to any other mushrooms? Um, I mean, I think it's one of those that, that's come up like uh, it's in a conversation. It's usually one of the most popular. People seem to get benefit from it. Um, it's been around for thousands, you know, 4,000 years in Chinese medicine. Mm. So, I mean, if something gets you know, keeps getting, um, results for people and it's been around for that long. I'd say there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reason I went for this one is because there's nothing else that looks like it. So I'm not like a professional. Why don't you, why don't you describe it for us? Uh, sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's red and yellow and white. Okay. So when you see it, it'll have a white tip on, that's the part that's actively growing, pushing out on the cap. And then behind the white, you'll see a a yellow, sometimes it's a yellowish, orangish, you know, and then it goes to this deep red, mm. and the whole stem is deep red. So, actually, I brought you some today. So, those oh, are, I see it. Those yes, are, those are dried. Package. Yeah, so you can sort of see uh-huh. the the shape of the cap. I'll have to put a picture of this on the website or something, but yes. Yeah, and I brought some tincture for you to check out as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's it's there's nothing else that looks like reishi mushroom. So, I'm not... You know, I'm not a an expert at this, obviously. Yes. So, <laughs> I don't want to pick something that if I'm not sure what it really is. <laughs> so, I figured Rishi was a safe one. Um, I did my research and I, I talked to enough people that I felt confident. Um, but so, most of the other stuff I come across, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> so, what are the, uh, the type of ailments that it's uh, most commonly used for? Or, or what have you been using it for? Well, like I said, I, um, my main thing is allergies. Um, it's... Probably most used for um, like a detox, like an allergy thing, an anti-inflammatory thing. Mm. There's been tests um, for anti-cancer, so they say it can stunt um, cancer growth. Um, so some of these things, I think they should really do some more study with. So especially if they, they make that claim, right? Right. Especially for right. anti-cancer. Like, uh, some of the big uh, hospitals 
will say, you know, there's promising studies, but more study needs to be done. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, so what are we waiting for? <laughs> like, let's do that. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's prove it. So, but like I said, if it's been around for 4,000 years and, and people say they're getting benefit, then, you know, I don't think it's a placebo effect. I think there's something to it. Um, so I'm doing it for allergies. We'll see what happens. But this is the, the other reason that I felt like it was important to get my, to find my own. Um, if you were to buy it online, it's probably going to be grown in China and it's probably not a wild reishi. It's most likely cultivated in China. Could be, you know, you could get it from somewhere in Oregon or there's companies that grow them in the U S cultivate them. Um, but it'd be really hard for you to buy a foraged reishi. Um, in a few cases I've actually seen, believe it or not, on Etsy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw on Etsy that uh, someone was foraging in North Carolina and selling reishi. But other than that, I think you, you have to go find your own. But what I'm getting at is if you, if you harvest something in your natural environment, it's local to your, um, to you. It's local to you. So basically the pathogens, the allergens that you're having... Um, you're going to respond better to something that you find in your environment mm. than something that yes. it was grown 2,000 miles away or mm-hmm. even 200 miles away. So it's like bee pollen, right? You want to get local bee pollen. You don't mm-hmm. want to get bee pollen from somewhere far away. Why is that? Well, same, like, re- same reason? Say, yeah, same yeah. reason. So you're, it's going to be more beneficial because it has the same... I don't know how to explain it. I'm not the scientist, but basically... I think I know what you're saying. It, it's probably kind of like a, a, a yin-yang thing where like in this region, let's just say here in New Jersey, um, and, and this has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with no science, no nothing, but I'm just making an analogy here. Uh, you know, you're around the Elizabeth Harbor and all the, you know, Jersey City, and you're like, oh, what's that smell? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you got all those toxins there. And then obviously nature fights back in its own way, which with their own mushrooms, whether it be bee pollen, whether it be a certain type of plant to counter the the toxicity of what is uh, uh, signature to New Jersey versus there's probably something way out in California, whatever type of smog or something in LA where they have their own specific plants or nature to counter that. Right. And I think like people build up antibodies. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I might be using some of the wrong terms, but sure. you know, any of your, your science listeners can, uh, you know, correct me and, and help <laughs> me learn. You know, I'm just trying to figure all this out myself, but um so, and I think it's also special to, you know, I picked that, you know, I climbed a mountain to get that. It's yes. not like I just pressed send on, on Amazon, you know, <laughs> or place that order. So, um, of course it's, I'm it's, always more of a do it yourself kind of guy. I, I was about to get into that. I, I think even Jess was asking you about that, uh, prior to when we started and kind of, uh, this is the direction you've been going in, not only with, uh, uh, foraging, but in the previous podcast, you were hunting for your own specific food. Uh, you know what I mean? Straight from the source, nothing, no middle man, no grocery, no anything Grocery store hit man. I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, uh, uh, why don't you go a little bit into that in general, if, if, if you'd like to, as far as just this general pathway of what you've been doing over the, over, over the past, uh, few years of, there's an element here, you're going more do it yourself. Yeah. There's it's another, self-reliance. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, yeah. It's just a self-reliance is, uh, I, I think the way to go, I don't want to, I don't want to feel vulnerable with my food supply with, I don't know what's in it, or maybe it's not as consistent as I'd like it to be. Um, you know, it's pretty disappointing when you go to the grocery store and, and, uh, 
like I've had this experience where you buy a piece of meat, you bring it home, and you're like, it just kind of smells bad. You're yep. Like, God. I think everyone's got gone like, through that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want that anymore. Like I don't. Mm. I don't want that uh, sort of vulnerability. Like I need you to feed me. Like no, I don't need you to feed me. I, I can grow it myself. I can make it myself. Uh, I feel like it's just everybody should maybe get a little bit more into that of of like understand how difficult it is to grow food or go hunt for food. Like you would probably change your perspective on how you eat. Uh, like if I grow something, I'm using every little bit of that, you know. But if I buy it in the store, I'm maybe cutting off the end a little bit, throwing a little bit more out than I than I would if I grew it myself. Because um, I knew what went into it, you know. And I know how difficult it is. Um, and and same with hunting. Obviously, I'm, you know, successful once out of how many. How many times? So that meat tastes good, man. <laughs> so it's gotta gotta relish it because it's uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. always it's a, it's a tough thing. You know, this is actually really an interesting topic because it ties into one of the things that uh, I was uh, talking to you a bit about at, at the last barbecue when you when you came over. Where, uh, long story short, I don't want to hike. I hate hiking. I was I used used to think of it, and this is just the programmer, software developer in 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 my head thinking where you just took the longest possible route to end up where you started. <laughs> you know, that's that's <laughs> that's the way I like I like to joke about it. But then, um, uh, Jess loves going on hikes. Uh, she goes with her brothers all the time. She kept trying to get me to come along, and at a certain point, she was watching a YouTube video, and it was uh, something about like uh, uh, the life straw. Uh, which is the specific type of um, uh, water filtration system. Oh, okay. That yeah. as, you're, as you're going out there, you know, you stick this, and I go, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then they, they, then the other per- then the person did another review on like a specific type of wood stove, not a wood stove, like a metal stove. I, I forgot. I'm using the wrong terminology. Obviously, yeah, like a little gas uh, yeah. cooking stove for camping. But but it was like a little like it was like four uh, flat tabs, right? And then they all stack on top of each other. But mm-hmm. then he did a thing. Super it, like, fanned, it fanned out and it became in like a stove. And yeah. then he uh, he's cooking on it. And then he showed his fire starter set. And you know what happened? I went. That's cool. <laughs> I look at Jess, I go, if I get to do that, I will hike eh, maybe like two or three miles as long as I get to do that. that and then was we get, your and then, you just got to get on the technology tip. Except, well, I also it, it also clicked in my head because you were saying that uh, when you go out there and you're hiking, you're looking for something. You're looking for, you know, you're either foraging or you're uh, planning uh, your next hunt. So there's a purpose to it's. Some people are able to just do it. Some people like running for the sake of running. Some people just like going hiking for the sake of hiking. But if I had just like kind of like a carrot dangling at the end of the, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, string of, hey, you could do this, but, you know, here's a little, here's a little reward for you. And everyone has a little bit, of, uh, a different reward system. So mine is, since I'm so absorbed in the technology world, that's what my job is. It's kind of like for me to go super into the nature world, give me a little bit like, you know, baby steps. Let me baby step into it. And then the next thing you know, I'll be like, ah, oh, screw that. And, you know, just, uh, you know, a battle axe on my back and then <laughs> let's go in. You don't need any of that. You don't need your... <laughs> You're that guy like at the campsite when, uh, when I used to hike the Appalachian Trail. Mm. I did, did quite a bit of it mm-hmm. uh, for, it was like four months or something on the trail. But 
we'd run into these people at the at the campsites or whatever and they all they want to talk about is gear <laughs> you yes. know like, with the oh. boots the uh the the gore-tex gear that's on your, how many milligrams do you have <laughs> yes <laughs> you know how i originally boots. got into that guitar <laughs> guitar are the biggest gearheads i'm sure you've you've run into gearheads when it comes to bow hunting oh totally oh my god you yeah. can you can really really get lost totally. in that yeah, Go it's a whole, it. it's a whole other world, you know. Of like you said, with the stoves, of like, well, mine's six ounces. Well, I can make mine four <laughs> ounces, but it does add up. I mean, when you're on a long hike, you oh, know, yeah. you want super lightweight stuff. You're like mm-hmm. cutting the handle off your toothbrush, kind of thing. And I think it also comes down to uh, what I think you were talking a bit about the technology behind uh, the bows uh, these days. Like they are, they're amazing. Go ahead, go into Yeah, it it's bit. amazing. I mean, I, I was actually just talking to Adam about this. Uh, Adam, you know, Peterson. Uh, our, our jiu-jitsu instructor. Our, North our, South Jiu-Jitsu. Our friend, our teacher, yep. our, our neighbor. Our brother. Yeah. Uh, fellow podcast participant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about maybe going back to a recurve. He just got a, a compound, like mm-hmm. I have. And it's funny because we're both already thinking like, oh, maybe we just go back to the most original form of a bow, which is uh-huh. a recurve. Um but it is amazing, like the technology, how fast these compound bows go. So it's correcting a lot of your mistakes. Mm. You know, it's Keep releasing on. so fast that you don't have to be as good of an archer. If you take a, a recurve, you really gotta you gotta be on because it's it's not moving as fast. the The arrow is not moving as fast, so it has more time to get off course. So would you say that uh, some people, if we're going by gear, the purpose of whatever their uh, the activity they're attempting to do, whether it be bow hunting playing guitar, uh, um, camping, what have you, that there's a certain set of like skills that, and core principles that are, you know, you're supposed to learn, you're supposed to have uh, drain, uh, uh, drilled and trained into you. And sometimes you're just not good at them. And then you try to make up for it with, you know, you shell out a little more money yeah. or whatever, and you try to make up for your lack of, let's say, uh, bow control. I, I don't know the terminology behind it, but I can say, oh, you try to make your uh, lack up for your uh, for guitar playing, for your fingers not being strong enough. You try to m- make up for it with like a louder, more expensive guitar pedal or something. Do you find that happens with bow hunting or whatever you're doing? Yeah, of course. Technology makes <laughs> a lot of things easier. I mean, in, in a good way, too. Navigation-wise, for me... Well, I wouldn't find any deer if it weren't for the overheads, you know, like Google satellite. Like I would have, you know, it would have taken me many more years. Mm-hmm. I mean, how convenient is it? You could just look at your phone and be like, this is where I am. Ping me. Where am I right now? And then show me where I am in the forest. And then I can see where, you know, where I need to go. And, you know, it, it has its advantages. But then if, I think a certain personality wants to go back to like the most primal rudimentary yeah. way of doing things like all right, I'm not going to bring a lighter. I'm going to rub two sticks together. I'd be yes. like, good luck yep. with that, buddy. <laughs> like, good luck. I've tried. It's, it's, it's hard, man. That's why they invented lighters. Lighters. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's something to try, and I think it's something to strive for. For me, I'd like, you know, less reliance on technology. But, mm-hmm. of course, you know, it's the world we live you, in. You reminded me of a scene uh, from an, the 80s movie, Crocodile Dundee. Do you oh, remember that? Of course, dude. <laughs> There was that one scene where he he's like, oh, here you go. Here's some yams. He He's like out in the wild. He's like bringing a New York reporter. On oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, here's some yams. Here's some whatever. Uh, and she like bites into it. And she's like, hmm, okay. And she goes, do you live on this? 
oh, did you, do you like eating this? And he like behind his back, he pulls out like this tin can of like SpaghettiOs or something <laughs> and he opens it up. He goes, yeah, you can live on that, but it tastes like shit. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> With that huge like 12 inch yeah, blade he had. Oh, that's, that's not a knife. <laughs> right. That's a knife. Just a knife. <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the, yes, you, you were getting into the kind of like going back more to the, to the primal thing. That's me, man. <laughs> so I brought some tincture here today, uh, too. We were talking about this a little bit. Um, so different ways that you can prepare it. So I brought some some dried reishi that you can make tea with. Um, you're drinking some of the tea that I made this morning, mixed mm-hmm. it with a little ginger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the other way you could do it is soak it in alcohol. So the reason it says 151 alcohol, that's the base. So you could do it with 80-proof vodka or 100-proof vodka. But um, this is more concentrated alcohol, obviously. So if I were to mix this with a little water, it's going to go down to 100 proof. If I mix a little bit more, it's going to be 80 proof. So it's better to start with a higher proof alcohol and just dilute it towards the end. Uh, So this is the first step. This has been sitting here since my birthday. I made this June 6th. And (coughs) coming up this week, it'll be 30 days. So I'll strain this off. So what I'll do is I'll strain the alcohol off of the the mushroom, uh-huh. I'll retain that mushroom and then I'll add um, an equal volume of water, equal to the original volume of alcohol. Uh-huh. And what I'm going to do is, so let me back up a step. Sure. The purpose of soaking in alcohol is it's pulling out the medicinal benefits of it. It's pulling out all the, the medicine. Okay. okay. But not all of it comes out with the alcohol. You need some of it is water soluble. Okay. So after the alcohol soak you're going to boil it in alcohol or in uh, water. And when you mix that water with the alcohol, you get like a 50, 50. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be 151 proof. Alcohol, okay. You know what I mean? At the end. So what you do, it's just a way to preserve this. And uh-huh. it's a way that you can store it for a couple of years. And you just take drops under your tongue on a daily instead of having to make tea. And it's more concentrated for sure. Oh, so, so the, the result of it, of the, of, of the water boil, right? You said water sol- soluble. Combining with alcohol, so you have 50-50. That mixture that you have there, that is called a... Tincture. That's the tincture. Yeah. Tincture. It's a process of tincture. Uh Um, (laughs) You don't have to do it that way. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. Some Mm -hmm. people will just soak it in alcohol and then just dilute it with straight water. They Mm -hmm. won't actually do that second... um, Boil, right? Yeah, you're decanting it, basically. Mm. So you're reducing it, then you're going to add a little bit more water, you reduce it again, you do that a few times, and it gets this super concentrated finish. And then that's what you add to the alcohol. But like I said, some, there's all different ways to do it. You could also make this with glycerin. Uh, if you don't want to use alcohol, some people mm-hmm. don't like the alcohol if you're giving it to babies or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, or kids or whatever. Anybody doesn't want to have alcohol every day, um, you could use glycerin. But, I mean, at the end, it's a very small amount. You're not doing, like, an ounce of it. You're doing, you know, 20 drops under your tongue. Um, but, anyhow, you could do it with glycerin if you wanted to. It's a little less strong. It doesn't get as much medicine out of it. You could do it with vinegar. Um that's a really old school way of preserving anything, really. It's just putting it in a vinegar base. So, you know, we grow it, we find it, and then we have to consume it somehow. So this is one of the most popular ways. putting Can, it. can reishi be cooked as, uh, like, any other mushrooms that, like a portobello? No, or not really. No? No, it's totally different. You tried it or? Oh, yeah, we've tried it. <laughs> so you can eat parts of it. 
Okay. Uh, so if you have a fresh reishi, that mm-hmm. white rim yes. on the cap. Mm-hmm. So it when it when you're looking at it dried right here, you don't see the white. The white has so much moisture in it that it just sort of disappears. You see a little bit of yes. it, but that was probably a quarter inch long when it was fresh. Mm-hmm. Now it's like an eighth of an inch. So you can eat that white tip, and they're great. So reishi tips in garlic and butter. It's a lovely Ooh. thing. But the rest of it, mm. you could chew it as much as you want, but you're probably not going to be able to break it down. It's just super spongy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's just <coughs> chewing on a shoe. And I think Jess was asking this too, as uh, hydroponics and growing these. I know you were saying you wanted to like naturally uh, forage them, um, but as far as cultivation, uh, yeah, cultivation you can cultivate these, them as well. Um, and I think you, you had started saying that, you know, you would, you would much rather go the, uh, uh, finding them in the wild route. Uh, what are the upsides and downsides of cultivating these? Well, cultivating, you, um, you don't have to go look for them. Okay. That's, that's definitely an upside. <laughs> right? You're going to, you're going to get a bigger, a bigger yield, you mm-hmm. know, most likely. Um, yeah, I mean, anything cultivated, you're going to have more control over it. Um, you know, less contaminants, less chance of contaminants, whatever. But, um, so what you could do, uh, some people use sawdust, um, hardwood sawdust, or they could use, um, spent coffee grinds. We were talking about this a little bit before. So yes. some people, what they're doing is they'll go. And you saw my eyebrow shoot up because I, I love my coffee. So go on. Don't we all? Uh-huh. But so there's these couple of really cool companies, what they're doing, going to coffee shops and they say, you know, give me this, the spent coffee grinds so you don't have to throw them out. Um, if, you know, most people aren't composting those, you know, they're yeah. not throwing them yeah. in a compost bin, they're throwing them in the trash. So it's helping the business out. They don't have as much trash and there's still organic compounds in that coffee grind. So people are growing mushrooms in them and it's a free, a free substrate, you know, or maybe a few bucks, but you know, it's a cheap substrate. So what you do is I actually, I ordered some uh, lion's mane mushroom. We could get into that too. Go for it. Um, I ordered from a company in Maine and there's a couple in Oregon, whatever it was. This was the closest that I could find. I didn't want to order something from, you know, across the country. So I went with the maniacs. And uh, so they sent, what they sent to me is a, a bag full of sawdust and it's got this mycelium in it. So the mycelium is, is essentially it's the root structure of this fruiting body. Mm-hmm. So the fruiting body is the actual mushroom. So you get this bag, it comes in the mail, and it's just full of white fuzz inside. And you pop a couple holes in it. You, you keep it in a humid environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could keep like a, like a bag over it. Um, but you want a little bit of airflow. You don't want to like suffocate it. And then in a couple of weeks, you have this finished product of this huge mushroom growing out. You know, wow. like pretty much instantly it starts growing, but mm-hmm. it, it took a couple of weeks to mature. Uh, so you could do that with almost any mushroom, mm-hmm. you know, like, like shiitake. You could do it with oysters, um, uh, everything. I mean, every, most of the stuff you're getting is grown that way. Mm-hmm. So you can do this with reishi. There's all there's different varieties of reishi. Like I said, some around here growing hemlocks but other ones uh you know they grow off of other things so, you know i think it's uh i think oak maybe one of them mm-hmm. I'm, I'm forgetting but um so the, the whole cultivation thing you get you know you get a huge yield but what we were talking about before is you're not getting the natural environment sort of uh what do you call them antibodies that are built into this you know <coughs> As soon as you mentioned coffee grounds, I totally uh, thought of like Starbucks, like 
uh, if Rishi ever becomes like a, you know a really popular thing, oh, uh, it, it is, and 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 it is. I can totally see Starbucks like uh, attempting to Rishi you know, tea, Rishi tea, uh, oh, super or organic and health benefits. And I don't things. think it's too far away. <laughs> There's this really cool company, uh, of course, it's in California. Mm-hmm. That um, instead of serving coffee, they're serving mushroom pseudo coffee so it's it's mushroom mushroom yeah well so it's instead of coffee you know bean it's it's mushrooms but it's supposed to taste like coffee or it replaces your coffee habit we'll say okay <laughs> so instead of drinking Semi-bowl coffee all day my mind especially a mushroom that tastes like coffee so go on yeah you know to be honest with you i have not tried it so <laughs> i don't know if it tastes like coffee or not but i'm sure i'll do a spit take up like, this is not right, this I is know. nothing no, like nothing a- tastes like coffee unless it's really coffee yep. But I'm saying mm-hmm. it's it's out there, and there's there's a pretty big movement. Um, I think it's you know most things start out in California here in the United States, and we sort of catch up a little bit later. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you go out there, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of people are into it. Um, and if you go to like you know the local health food store, you'll find prepackaged Rishi tea. It's it's not so obscure anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, okay. it's pretty popular. I don't know. This is the first time I'm really hearing of it. But then again, you're talking to Mr. Technology guy. Uh, right. We live in slightly <laughs> different worlds. <laughs> so we have, uh, we're, I'm, I definitely would like to try cultivating the Rishi. Like mm-hmm. I said, I, I did the, the lion's mane. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I'm doing the lion's mane is supposed to be good for nerve regeneration. So, you know... So lion's mane is a, a specific strain of reishi? Well, it's not a reishi. It's just, it's a different mushroom. Oh, it's a different mushroom. Okay. Yeah, it's a completely different mushroom. Um, maybe I'm confusing things. There are different types of reishi mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what they're called. Okay. <laughs> but um, sure. the um, the one, the, the, the separate mushroom, there's like a bunch of different medicinal mushrooms you could grow. Okay. And lion's mane is one of them. Reishi is one of them. Mm. Uh, mataki is one of them. So I was just, you know, exploring growing with the, the uh, lion's mane so far. Like I said, that's good for brain health, which apparently I need this morning. <laughs> and nerve regeneration, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these longstanding injuries. So it's supposed to uh, help, help with that. Is this, is this considered rare as well, too, as far as Risha, or is this one's a little more common? You know, I think in the wild, they're all pretty scarce. Okay. Um, and is it is this something that you could also go foraging for around here, or is this uh, more uh, lion's mane? Is, I don't know. I don't yeah. think so. I don't actually. You know, I don't know enough about that one as far gotcha. as like where it grows in the wild. Gotcha. Um, but but this this uh, uh, batch of lion's mane you were able to get from Maine. Yeah. Well, they they get the the spores and mm-hmm. they and do the whole thing for you. They're they're essentially mm. completing eighty percent of the process for you. They're mm. doing the hard part. <laughs> you know, they're they're doing the the part that's really susceptible to contamination. Mm-hmm. So if you're like a uh, like a mushroom grower, you're you're probably really into sanitation. Mm-hmm. You know, because the slightest little thing in that bag is gonna wreak. You know, it's gonna be really bad for you. Um. So yeah, when they when they do, they got masks on, they got gloves on. It's a controlled room. It's a, a laboratory, really. So it's, it's a scientific like the, laboratory. It's it's Breaking Bad, but instead of meth, you've got mushrooms, and not the, <laughs> not those type of mushrooms, people. Re, medicinal mushrooms. <laughs> well, those are medicinal too. There's been yeah. a lot of research. <laughs> we could get into that too. So we were talking about um, 
well, actually, I wasn't telling you this, but I'll, I'll tell you now. Mm. I was experimenting with this thing called niacin. So if, have you ever taken niacin? Mm. So it's a B vitamin, but if you take enough of it, mm-hmm. you'll get what's called a flush. Okay. It's very unpleasant. Okay. I can... <laughs> I've been doing this every day. It's not All fun. Right. Oh, but, Jesus. But okay. what it's supposed to do... I know I do weird stuff, but... Okay. What it's supposed to do is if you take, um, if you take any sort of medicine, so say you take psilocybin, like we were just uh, alluding to, uh, and lion's mane or reishi or vitamin C, all these different things. If you take it in conjunction with niacin, supposedly you get a, um, a larger effect of that medicine. Mm-hmm. So the niacin, essentially what it's doing is it's pushing everything to your periphery. It's okay. making the flush is basically you, your, your whole system, uh, dilates, mm. right? So you get like bright red and everything's really hot and itchy and it's, wow. very, it's, it's not fun, but okay. Uh, I think it works. Okay. <laughs> At least that's what the science says. Yes. But I, I have been actually noticing effects. It's um, it's an all-around anti-inflammatory. So mm. basically what you're doing is you're like dilating all of your circulatory system. And then when it's all finished, it stays a little bit more dilated. So you're getting better circulation. So the theory is if you take vitamin C, you're getting more vitamin C in your system this way. Do is everything kind of opening up and yeah, being able to accept right. accept a little more interesting. At least that's the theory. So there was some talk about um, using psilocybin and lion's mane uh, with with niacin. So that's I don't have the psilocybin, but I've got the other two, so I'm playing around with those. <laughs> so it's like uh, uh, reishi and lion's mane plus. Yeah, yeah. So if you really really want the effect of now 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 is niacin. Uh, uh, as, as far as this, uh, this triggers the actual dilation? Is it, is it just niacin or yeah. is it a combination no, of just everything? Niacin. Just niacin. Yeah. And do people normally take it for, for this purpose? Is it for flushing purposes or is it for it or, or something else? Yes and no. Okay. Um, there's, you can get the non-flush variety. <laughs> the non-flush. Uh, it's a B vitamin essentially what okay. it is. So if you have a B vitamin deficiency, I think it's B3. Um, but you, yeah, you could take it for that, mm-hmm. but... There's a whole... Uh, Russell got me into this as well. Okay. He, he gets me into all kinds of weird stuff. Nice. But uh, so you should have him on, man. He'd be okay. such a great guest on this show. Awesome. You, you would dig him. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the messing around with the nice and thing. If you have nothing better to do for two hours, <laughs> give it a shot, man. <laughs> and, when, and 20 minutes in, you're going to wish you hadn't. <laughs> Freaking Whitmire. <laughs> I'm just imagine sitting there, like I just imagine like you just finished a hunt, you just finished your kill, you just <laughs> finished but and like man, I'm running out of stuff to do, man. I'm gonna and, uh, sit around I'm bored. Gonna, I'm just gonna do some nice. Let's put this to my body. <laughs> Amy was freaking out. It's like oh, really? because she didn't know I took it yesterday morning, <laughs> and I came around the corner. I was just beat red, like I looked like I was laying out in the sun all day. She's like, "What did you do?" What did you eat? Oh, God, what gonna, did you consume this time? I'm going to explode right now. <laughs> My head is so wow. <laughs> but then it goes away and it feels uh, great. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you get a, I feel like I've been sleeping better. Uh-huh. I feel like it's, um, yeah, I think it's working. Okay. If I didn't think it was working. There's no I, placebo I would, effect do you think in there or I, this is <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know. No, it, it's, it's very cool that, uh, um, through these talks that we're finding more, as you were saying, 
going back to just the primal thing, just going back to nature and just finding these remedies, something to help you here, as you're saying with niacin, just with uh, uh, your body and it's essentially almost like a like a like a detox. Well, actually, it is. No. Yeah, yeah, it's Highland exactly detox. What it is. Yeah, yeah. So drink a lot of water afterward for sure. <laughs> no, for real. It's um, and the so, thing is, it's that's like, right because it's going to accept everything normally even better now. Yeah, you want to stay hydrated for sure. <laughs> and, and the thing is, it's six dollars. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. six bucks for a hundred of them. And mm-hmm. uh, the like I was saying, I went to the doctors for uh, allergies, and they're like, "Oh, take prednisone, take this, take that." Yeah. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe for some people that's good in some situations, but for me, it's like the side effects weren't worth it. And mm-hmm. uh, I got a lot of bad side effects from the prednisone. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, um, I just feel like there's... What was this specific medicine for? Or Prednisone is like prednisone. anti-inflammatory. Okay. So, um, but I mean, I think it's like it's overprescribed. It's one of those like, oh, I'll just take prednisone. I'll oh, just really? take prednisone. It's like... Dude, it's a steroid. You know what I mean, it's, it has mm-hmm. effects on your system that are lasting, other than the anti-inflammatory this was, effects. This was uh, this was prescribed for your neck or for? It was for overall. the sinus thing. It was okay. like this sinus thing I've been having that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I went to for allergy testing, and they're like, "Oh, you're allergic to mold, dust, this, that, and the other." I'm like, "Okay, great." Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, mm-hmm. that's how I got into the reishi thing. I've actually not. I just found these reishis just like what two, three weeks ago. So mm-hmm. this is just the beginning. Nice. So we'll have to we'll have to check in in a few months and see how it's working. And is this tying all into anything as far as like a a, a, a business for you, or is it this still just uh, more for your research, more personal thing as a hobby? Uh, well, right now, I mean, I, I love to share. So right now, it's free. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> if you want some, let me know. I'd mm-hmm. be happy to share. But yeah, I mean, of course, it would be nice to monetize it someday. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think that's like one of those things, uh, it could be the best medicine in the world, but that sort of thing, it's really like a marketing, you'd have to really market it because, yes. uh, you know, you could have the cure all and mm-hmm. if people don't know about it, then, so I don't know, maybe I need to talk to Jess about marketing. <laughs> <laughs> make me some labels she'll, and oh, she'll, she'll, she'll definitely help you out with that. <laughs> she'll, she'll help you figure out, uh, the, the, the right promos the scheduling to do it, what, how to use social media or whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. I mean, I think that so many people could benefit from this and, uh, there's little micro worlds of people doing this that are, you know, they've been doing it for years. Like the, mm-hmm. these people in Maine, uh, Maine cap and stem, by the way, if anybody wants to check them out, they're, uh, unique individuals for sure. Motorcycle builders and, you know, they live in Maine, so they're unique, but, uh, you know, I mean, they, they, that's how they make a living. And it's mm-hmm. like they've got this huge operation going on, just pumping out mushrooms, and it's amazing. So, yeah, that'd be a fun way to make a living, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and this would go well with... Uh, I'm, I, the first thing that popped into my, my head was like high-performance athletes or just athletes in general, because obviously they're all... Uh, a lot of athletes are, are looking for uh, just the edge. Yeah, an to, advantage. Uh, they're just, just the advantage. And... Here's something natural. For sure. Cordyceps, uh, cordyceps mm-hmm. mushrooms. Uh, that's another one. It's a parasite. Oh. Yeah, it actually grows on the brain of uh, insects. You can grow it on, on rice if you were to cultivate it. You don't have to grow it on insects, but go the in, look on your go face. Go into this. Because now, <laughs> just please go into this. Yeah, you should, you should look at an image of these things. It's okay. pretty wild. Corda, um, corda you know what? Again, corda I'm what not mushroom? an expert on this stuff. Cor- you know, corda what mushrooms? Cordyceps. Cordyceps. With okay. a P at the end. Okay. Yeah. 
So my son is going to school for biology in the mm-hmm. fall. So, oh, so we'll, we'll push him toward uh, chemistry and or mycelium. Or mm-hmm. he could be a, he's the brain, not me. So okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, these things grow on brain tissue of insects. So you'll see a picture of this somehow attached to a brain. I don't really know how it works, but it'll be like a moth, and you'll see this mushroom growing out of this moth's head. And it just consumes it. Yeah, no, it's freaking. I just got the chills. Like yeah. as far as like not the good ones, like the, <laughs> the, the yeah, the gross chills. Go on. Wait, do you see a picture of it? Oh crazy. man. Okay. But so if you wanted to grow these, yeah, I think uh, they say rice um, and rye. You could grow it on grains. That sounds much more pleasant. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but probably a different. Uh, oh, I'm sure it is. Result, but. Sure, I don't I'm not know. eating what's on the moth's mind. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so, but they say they're they're supposed to be really good for energy. They're supposed okay. to be, you know, all these these other benefits to it. So, like you said, athletes are looking for them. So they're starting to put um, like this company I was mentioning in California. It's it's called Four Sigmatic. If anybody wants to check that one out, mm-hmm. it's the coffee alternative. Coffee alternative. So they sell that stuff too. It's like Cordyceps for athletes. So if you're you want like a recovery regimen, you know, it's, it's got, you know, this and this and this in it. And mm-hmm. so there's like a whole world, like I said, there's a whole world going on. That, and, and this is, is this foraged or is this is cultivated? No, no, these are cultivated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I only want my cordyceps from the, the highest end moths. <laughs> That's what I want. I want the one that like got a 1600 on their SATs and then... <laughs> I want I want that mushroom. I'll take that one too. <laughs> oh jeez, awesome. Okay, but so uh, the, you want to hear some other interesting stuff? Go for here. it. So uh, this I'm just repeating. Obviously, like I'm you know I didn't uh, mm. discover. I'm not like you know I don't uh, mm-hmm. claim to be any sort of scientist. But so from what I hear, um, there's this guy. There's this guy who's on the the Joe Rogan podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, he's talking about the um, intelligence of mushrooms. So saying that they they made an oatmeal maze. So the the an oatmeal maze maze. So like the reward was oatmeal, right? Okay, like okay. You're yeah. trying the it's that's what it's going to get to eat. So and it solved some maze better than like humans could solve it. <laughs> a mush uh, wait a mushroom solve. Let me let me maze? back up a little bit. So then what they did is they took a I think what they said it was it was similar to like the Tokyo subway, right? It's like a map okay. in that shape, and. They introduced this mycelium to it and put some oatmeal there. And it said it took a little while to figure out its surroundings. And then it figured out the most efficient way to get to that oatmeal. And it was more efficient than the Tokyo subway is today. (laughs) Right? So they're saying that... Wow. There's some serious intelligence here. And if you look at the forest floor... Yes. I don't think most people know this, but if you pull some leaves up, you'll see that white fuzzy stuff. Mm -hmm. That's mycelium. And it's covering the entire forest floor and doing stuff like we have no idea what it's doing, you know? Do you ever watch Stranger Things on Netflix? No. Oh, my God. You, that's that's what I'm thinking of right now. Stranger Things, just the, the long story short is that See, I have, live I live in a have, different world. I don't watch. They have like, the, uh, the Upside Down. It's like a fictional show, but like they have a, like a parallel world where like there's this growth of like this uh, dark energy or something like that. And okay. it's... It, the way they uh, uh, visualize it and they present it to you is kind of like dark roots that it's a channel, this network that 
is just everywhere that we can't see. Uh-huh. But like on the flip side world, it's everywhere. And then, I, I think that maybe there's something to that. And it's something, exactly. And, and it's uh, it's almost like neurons firing and it's a communicative network. So obviously they have uh, uh, plot points where like, oh, we have to take out this part of it because it's, you know, it's overrunning, et cetera, et cetera. So it's <clears throat> kind of pretty much sounding like a neural network when it comes to this i think that's what it is oh my god isn't it fascinating amazing i mean to me that that says that we should really be respecting mother nature a whole lot more than we do in our culture you know it's like there's stuff going on and we have no idea I of think... what we're screwing up you know what i mean like when you dig a hole you have no idea the damage you're doing to the microbes in the soil i mean i'm mm-hmm. not like gonna say you shouldn't dig a hole but i'm saying yeah there's a whole lot going on there yeah. that we don't realize um or most of us don't realize and uh as as we keep joking about how how much of a separate world that uh, we live in um i i keep joking uh, well not really joking but also the presenting to you that i'm attempting to kind of marry the two worlds and try to move o- away from it where yeah i'm just doing general things of like i've cut cut video games uh, out of my life even though they for a long time they were like my no, you know, did my you just identity. say you cut video games out of your life? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people. A lot of a lot of people did? don't know this. Yeah. <laughs> as much as much as I fucking love them, and I, and I will always, I will always say that like. Uh, you don't uh, even give yourself like an hour a week. No. Wow. I've 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 tried. I've like really, and you can ask Jess too. Like I've rarely ever. Did she follow in in your footsteps, or is she still doing her thing? She does. She does it though. She's okay. she has. To be fair though, the reason why I cut cut it out is because I know my personality. It's all or nothing with me. Too much like as it. soon as I pick up something up, I have to finish it. Yeah, you'd be up all night. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, what was what was? Um, so you're trying to merge the two. Trying to merge the two. I'm getting away from from video games because of. I was looking at, and this ties into what you were talking about before. What you are doing is that there's a lot of uh, reconnection with with nature and not really, I wouldn't say the word consuming it. Even though you're foraging or hunting, you're you're doing it in, a, you know, the circle of life way where, where you're growing as well too. You know what I mean? You're not damaging nature to the point where it's not going to be able to restore itself. So it's it's hunting, it's foraging, and you're actually you're doing it in a manner that doesn't disrupt that balance. Well, that's a good that, point you're bringing there. up too, because you know when I, mean? I cut these in the wild, mm-hmm. I'm being selective. I'm yes. not I'm not clear cutting. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you you've got to make sure you're leaving some to to you know they, you want them to keep growing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not trying to be greedy when I go exactly. out there. It's like okay, we'll we'll leave this one. We'll take this one. We'll we're sort of you know see what's best for the situation. And then, so what I thought of, like, with a lot of what I was previously doing with, uh, um, you know, with video games or even just uh, uh, media in general, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, don't get me wrong. I that, love Netflix. But <laughs> is, is, is that I saw that I was doing a lot of, if you can look at one uh, this way of, and it's extremes, but this is the way I was looking at it. It was, I was either I'm producing or I'm consuming. And I was just getting very proficient and addictive to consuming yeah i want to binge watch this i want to play i want to play this video game i want to when i you know look at my phone i want to order this takeout immediately i want to you know what i mean so and i just found that it uh the the body stagnates you know the soul the soul stagnates as well too that's what i felt that's what i that's what i was feeling and and just things such as uh, getting back to just playing guitar where it's like, oh, now I'm actually creating something. Things uh, such as, uh, um, I, 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 forgot what, I forgot what else. Oh, just 
physical exercise, jujitsu, just something just to get in tune with, 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 with the body. And then slowly moving towards that of, hey, that bow hunting, that sounds really cool. The hunting aspect of it, that sounds really cool. This hiking, even though, as I said, oh, it's the longest possible route to end up where I started as, you know, I, li- I like to joke, joke with myself about that at the same time. Hey, you can go out there. There's a lot of cool things to, which, you know, I hope to eventually do. But if I get to play with that little piece of technology out there, you know, slowly if wean that's what me gets off. You out there. Exactly. Exactly. If that's what helps to, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, my, my new toy is the uh, rangefinder. That's so fun. The rangefinder. Yeah. So if you want to know how many yards something is, you know. And, oh. And it's also, um, you know, it's like a binocular, basically. So you can see however many yards. This sounds like something um, um, that's uh, applicable to not only hunting, but also just... Uh, fun. It, uh, fun. <laughs> and, and also it's, uh, what is it, like like the long range marksman for like... Uh, they have a whole school on this, like calculating like sniper rifle shots oh, or yeah. something for like out, out to like 1500 yards or something. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. I mean, the one that I have is like super simple, but it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like a hundred bucks instead of a thousand bucks. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's techie. I actually take it on every, like I was even, I was even messing with you too. Sorry. You can get right, right back to it. Uh, of, uh, of, uh, Oh, I want to shoot a crossbow. And you're like, yeah, you can shoot a crossbow. It's not, it's not exactly the same thing, but you know. And I go, Mike, you know, much just give gun. me, just give me something, just so like, and then I can transition into the, you know what I mean? Crossbows I are cool, but they're yeah. definitely. Yeah. It's a different. It's a different. Uh, uh, it's closer to, as you said, a gun, a rifle, than it is rather to the uh, traditional. Yeah, uh, it's not as susceptible. Style. Like when you pull the trigger, first of all, you have a trigger, mm-hmm. you have a scope most of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes so much faster. Yeah, and uh, it's just—it's not susceptible to like your movement as much mm-hmm. because it goes so fast, mm-hmm. and you have a scope, and you—you yep. <laughs> you don't have to use as much of your body. Um, it's you can get away with it. it as we were saying in the beginning like the technology uh overcorrects a lot of that's it, a lot of uh mistakes so you you're not as in control right or it, it, it basically Although, i gotta say man if you looked at like a, a medieval uh style uh crossbow oh, yeah, yeah. it's like a pretty hardcore i mean yes. if, if you were man enough to like pull that thing back and like mm-hmm. get it locked in place i mean i'm not gonna knock you for that one you know yeah. I mean? That's like it's for different. It's like purposes. a workout just to even get the thing loaded. And those things were like different purposes as well too. Like yeah, for for hunting and for the sport of hunting, for what it it's meant to be to get back in tune with nature, you know, and and to, and to the, your body fully in control. To it's it's its own experience from from what I've researched or heard from what you've you've been been talking about. Exactly as you said, after your first kill, you got on your knees, you said a prayer, mm. you know. <clears throat> and it's pouring hours and hours of your your study, your training, all into that one shot, right? Yeah, you know that's that's hardcore. That's 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 the experience of it. The and you can't get that with a, a crossbow, from what it sounds like. Uh, well, something's along the lines of it, but definitely not like one-to-one. To me, it's more intimate the, exactly. the less technology you take. You know. Exactly. But then, as I said, like the different purpose. Now, if it, if it came to like a, a, a self-defense purpose or, you know, as oh, you I'm said... I'm bringing a shotgun in that <laughs> case. <laughs> I'm leaving the boat home on that. <laughs> and uh, as you were saying with it, with the crossbow in medieval times, those guys were, you know, loading that thing up. They weren't loading that thing up to shoot a hog. They were doing that to... Uh, Go through armor. <laughs> So, 
you know what I mean? Different world. Mm-hmm. Different world, d- d- different different purposes. But I I I do enjoy the the romantic uh, uh, scenario of man and then hunting, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah, maybe next year we'll get the the recurve, you mm. know, and we'll we'll just keep stepping it down. You know, it's funny because a lot of a lot of archers that I've talked to, guys that have been hunting for like twenty years, they all seem to go back to the recurve. Oh, like some guys will go challenged, right? Yeah, because it's like it's just too easy after so many years of doing it. They're just they've got it so dialed in. It's just like, eh, you know, it's like when you're shooting with a gun that's just so accurate. It's like yes. it's not even fun anymore. It's like, you yep. know what I mean? If it's like if yep. it's not challenging, yeah, and you don't have to focus on your breath and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, meh. That's so, why. That's why they have uh, just an analogy that they have, uh, on games, video games. They had modes: easy, medium, uh, difficult, and then some of them have. I love the way that sometimes they name legendary or nightmare level or, yeah. you know what I mean? That's because there are some people, depending on their level of competency and whatever activity that they do, that the medium level is their hard level. So, oh my God. And then eventually they just need a little more. They get good at it. They just need a little more and you keep chasing and chasing. Yeah, because I, mean, I think that's the whole thing is, you know, part of this is like the adventure. I'm, I'm like always looking for a new adventure. So if it becomes like a... A routine where you just, well, I'll just, you know, grab my stuff, go to the woods, and I just plink off a deer, and I come home, and... Oh, it's like, imagine you get boring. to that point. Imagine no, get- <laughs> like, it's just boring. Uh, I want the adventure, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I want to, like, sweat up a hill and, like, climb a tree, and, like, I don't want it to be easy. Yep. You know what I mean? That's why I'm doing it. Because you learn something about yourself, man. If it's, like, if it's so easy, then what are you learning? Like, you're learning that, uh, eh, I could just do this, and it's no big deal. But, like, if you're pushing yourself through these uncomfortable positions, you know, these uncomfortable things where you're like, wow, this is scary. Like, remember the first time I went hunting, like very first day. And at this point, I'm like, God, I was so dumb. Like, what was I thinking? But then I'm like, it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm like an hour and a half away from my house. I go into the woods pitch dark and I'm like, there's bear all over the place. I'm like, what was I thinking? Yep. But like, I mean, I remember standing there when I was getting out of my truck and I'm like, this is scary, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going out there, and, like, my wife kind of knows where I am, but she, like, I drew it on a map, and I'm like, I don't know. This is, you know, if something goes down, like, this is real deal. So, uh... You don't have, like, a GPS locator on you? So, just in case? What's a GPS? <laughs> Good. Not really. Best answer. No, not really. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, uh-huh. I, like, I know, you know, generally, like, I'm on this trail. Mm-hmm. I parked at this spot. But I'm saying, you know, stuff happens. You get off course, and it's pitch dark. And there's bear out there. And you're hearing coyotes. And it's scary. You know, for me, it was. And to me, that's what I wanted. I wanted something like that. It was like... Mm-hmm. Am I going to get back in my truck and go drive home and be like, this just isn't for me? Or am I going to go out there and be like, you know, I'm ready to face whatever comes, you know, maybe, maybe that's just stupid, but like, it's just, you know, how I approach it. I felt like I needed that fear, you know, I needed mm-hmm. to like face some fears and uh, maybe that's, you know, you know, maybe that's what, what I'm looking for in a lot of adventures is like, you know, it's, it's not adventurous unless it's a little scary, mm. you know? Unless your life is a little bit on the line. I mean, it's kind of like mm. when you're training, right? Like, if you're yeah. training jiu-jitsu, like, you don't want to fight the easy fight. You want a challenging fight, you yes. know? You're not going to get any better, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, what does that say about you if you're always going for the easy fight, you know? It's like, yeah, mm. you know, I'm the man, you know? Yeah, you're, against, the bu- like, you're, the, you're the bully at that point. Right. It's like, you know, I want to fight somebody that I know can kill me and, mm-hmm. like, be in that uncomfortable position and get better, you know? Mm-hmm. So. There was, uh, and to 
correlated to yet another uh, activity playing guitar you could be practicing or you could be playing and there's a big difference between the two for sure so yeah. uh the the my teacher told me that if everything that is coming out of the guitar sounds amazing to you and it sounds great and you feel comfortable you're just playing you're in your comfort practicing. zone yes not in your pushing yourself zone so then you you know all right here bear down here's this new tune you don't know these chords and and it's everything it takes effort you consciously have to as i'm sure when you were doing uh your initial uh bow hunting and, and, and archery you had to consciously think of every step you know still. oh i got it yeah still still right and after a while steps start to you know glom or mush together into okay instead of five steps it's now two for whatever reason. and then it's all in one motion and mm-hmm. and that's it man that's the there, there was something I was listening to, and you had mentioned Joe Rogan has the most recent one he had on uh, good old Ted Nugent. Oh, God. <laughs> but the first hour and a half was all about uh, archery. All oh, yeah. about it. All about it. And Guy's got a pretty serious ranch from what I hear. And he was, he was talking about the experience of, like, all of that. All your, all your training is just poured into, and that's what uh, a lot of Buddhists found with uh, archery. All of it is, it's not about hitting a target it's not about the it's about the the what do you say the the flight of the arrow mm. that's getting out of its way and letting it fly straight and and and, and true and uh you know how uh, that term with jiu-jitsu the mats don't lie like you know like if you don't train enough then the result is what you have on the you mat. Get your ass kicked. the same thing <laughs> with with your with your bow hunting and uh, an archery is is that if you don't train in, or if you have anything like emotion inside, you have something going on in your head, some physical thing that's off that you didn't train off, it's going to reflect in that path of the arrow. So that's why these practices are so important because mm. you know if if you're not noticing that in yourself, like if you're you're not noticing that something's off, if you're not doing these practices that bring you back to your core and like where is my soul, how am I feeling like at my core. Uh, is my mind keep drifting toward this thing that's bothering me? You know, that, that's why these practices are important, man. Go shoot a bow, go do something that makes you really like check yourself, you know, introspection too. Yeah. To kind of, to, to, <clears throat> and you, and, and you ask yourself where, uh, th- this is what happened, uh, uh, as I've heard with you shoot the target, right? And then because it's like a brand new experience to you, you're not thinking. And all of a sudden, boom, you hit like pretty much bullseye or almost like, like close. And you're like, oh, and then you start trying and, yeah, yeah. and you consciously try to aim. Yeah. You consciously try to. And then the next thing, it's going all over the place. Yeah. It's like, it's a real practice of surrender. I think like mm. you, you have to get out of like as weird as this may because sound, be, you have to get out of the arrows way. Yeah. So what you're doing is when you're releasing that bow, if you're interfering with it, you're going to miss. And <laughs> so if I'm, you know, just every little thing, your wrist position, your breathing, your, you know, everything, let it do its thing, you know, and, and, uh, surrender. It's crazy because, uh, you, you start to find Remember, you were asking like, Oh, what type of person is that? That like, you know, only rolls with like people that are less than them to just like beat up on them. That's the type of person they're, they're looking for victory. They're looking for, uh, just the win, the win, the win, the win, the win. They, they just want the win. Mm. Similar to, I just want the bullseye. I just want to, I want to hit that bullseye versus you just have to shoot. You just have to let everything go. And then, you know what I mean? Totally. So 
you are able to introspect more seeing how much you get in the way of that flight of the arrow, whether it be your, you really get in its way and how you get in its way. That's the type of person that you, you are. Yeah. And how do you respond to keep when you miss, you know, do you, ah, do you, how do you respond to when you lose in jujitsu? Yeah. Do you just get frustrated and be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm taking my gi going home, you know, or do you start making excuses? Yeah. Maybe you say like, Oh man, I oh, just, that, per- you know. that, that, uh, uh, that, that, that person has two weeks more training than me. Oh yeah. Well, they well, got five pounds on me. If I had a better bow, maybe I would shoot better. <laughs> you know, that's the big thing. Oh, my bow is a piece of junk. Maybe that's why I'm missing. <laughs> oh, the wind's blowing a little too hard today. The sun got in my eye. Dude, you're in your <laughs> yeah, range. The sun got in my eye. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, a how do you respond to that? Um, I, I think, like, the what helps me, like, it's just always the breath. Like, if I'm shooting mm. uh, a little off, um, you just got to settle your nerves with the breath. You it's, were going into a breathing exercise uh, the, the first time you were on, and I heard of something uh, previously, too, uh, dragon breathing. Um, Dragon breathing? Yeah. I was uh, telling you about this? No, no. I, I, this reminded me of you because oh. you were telling me about your specific type of breathing that you were uh, doing in yoga last time. I forgot which specific type that you were talking about. Talking about like <coughs> uh, alternate nostril breathing or ujjayi breathing or... It may have been al- al- alternate nostril. It's, it's, uh, it's close one nostril, breathe through. Yeah, alternate nostril breathing. Uh, then close it yeah, and then like, breathe out. It could be like a square breath. One. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's dragon's breath? I think that was it. The oh, that, the same thing. I think they just named it. I've never some, heard of something. Oh, yeah, because I guess it looks like dragon nostrils or something. I don't know. Well, they say that. I mean, it, it does something to your brain. I mean, it's like you know, obviously, oxygen, you know, and your brain are pretty uh, interdependent. You know, like really? they, like they need each other. So uh, you know, you introduce more oxygen, you. Um, I was thinking it's because you were just so focused on like, uh, you know, trying to get the air in one way, out the other way, and like so. Well, I think that's another part. You know of what it I mean? Too, yeah. it, like it, it, it probably, it probably like hard, hardwires your brain in, in a certain way, or gets yeah, it and thinking, it calms your nervous gets, system. Gets thinking in a certain way, so then everything else kind of, uh, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. uh, uh, moves away, falls away. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely creates more focus. I think that's for sure. So, what where were you uh, learning about it? I heard it somewhere. I forgot where. All I know is that as soon as that breathing technique came up, I thought I thought of like what you were um, uh, mentioned. Yes, you had mentioned alternate nostril breathing, and I was wondering if it was the same thing. So in through the right, uh, hold hold the left nostril, breathe through the right, hold it in, uh, let go of the left nostril, push down on your right, and then breathe out the left nostril, yeah, yeah. and then alternate. Yeah, keep going. Is that what it is? Yeah, essentially yeah. bringing it in one side and, yes, and then out it the through other. There. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it was. So cool, man. It's good stuff. But as far as like when you're shooting, mm. um, you know, I, some people, I don't know if they even really focus on their breathing and then they're like, ah, I'm not really hitting very well. So, uh, you know, the way I, the way I've learned is inhale, exhale half of your breath and then shoot. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be like, some people are like completely unconscious of it and they're just like, I don't even know I was trying to link my breath with my shooting. Mm. And like some people are like, no, you got to like do it on like exhale and then hold and like i don't know everybody's got a different idea but mm-hmm. what works for me i inhale exhale halfway that way my system isn't craving oxygen it's not craving to expel all the the um, carbon monoxide so basically like i'm i'm in a stable position with my breath at that point so my body's not trying to react so it's not interfering as much with the arrow mm-hmm. you know what i mean yes absolutely um, so, and then your heartbeat comes into play too, not as much obviously as your breath, but it does. I mean, if you're shooting a hundred yards, everything comes into play. 
like the slightest little thing is like you're like a foot away from the target so that's super precision shooting at that point right it's kind of crazy it is i'm, I'm not at that what's level the, what's the yeah what's the your your max range that you're like starting to like push towards um well i mean i you know fit, nothing really more than 50 yards to be okay. honest with you 50 yards 50 60 yards to be honest with you, like the reason why is because I was losing arrows. <laughs> I'm like I'm shooting in a field, and when I miss, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll spend 20 minutes looking for that arrow, and I'm wow. like, I can't find it, and that was ten dollars, man. And Jeez. then I'll lose another one, and I'm like, man. Mm-hmm. So if I, I find like I'll step back to like 40, where I know I'm gonna hit the target, or then I'll just push a little bit to 50, 60, mm-hmm. and if I lose an arrow, that's you know I'll go back to 40. <laughs> So I, I, you know, I wish I had, had a better situation. Maybe I should spray paint them fluorescent or something. I don't know. Do they? I mean, they do, are fluorescent green. But it's just hard to find. Do they even have any like a specific type of technology? Yeah, or, I was going to say they're probably like a say. GPS find my arrow <laughs> <laughs> app on your phone. To be fair, and this has nothing to do with <laughs> you were serious. I'm actually kind of, kind of serious. I'm actually serious right now. Like, I'm going to write this down and develop it. Jess lo- uh, loses her keys all the time. So uh, she got something called, uh, it would, I guess it's called a key finder, and it's a key finder app. But it's like a, just basically a sticker. That's awesome. And you just, she stuck it on her phone, she stuck it on her, on, her, on her keys, and then like she would hit a button, and it would just, just play a tone. So obviously I hear it every morning, <laughs> you know. Well, maybe we should try putting one on an arrow and launching about, it and see I, what happens. I was about to say that it could be the perfect marriage of like, you know, a little bit of tech for you, just so you don't lose any more of of of, of the arrows. Well, you know what That's I did all. try is I tried the um, a little bit of tech on my arrows. You you can change the the knock uh, on the back of the arrow with the the part that touches the bow, like mm-hmm. the string. Um, you can get that lighted with an LED light. So basically, like when it releases, it just starts Ooh. glowing red or whatever color. Like a you tracer, get. almost. Yeah, it's a tracer. Ooh. So I use those when I hunt because uh-huh. it's just a lot easier to see where your arrow's going. Oh yeah, I can imagine. But again, <laughs> pitch black. Well, yeah, I'm not trying to shoot in the dark, but but I'm saying yeah, like yeah. you know, it's just a lot easier. Um, you'll lose that arrow, like even at 20, 30 yards, it's uh-huh. hard to see where the arrow hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So that helps, but again, techie issues because like sometimes they don't work, and you're like, man, it yes. didn't go off, and like, yes. I'm relying on this now. Mm-hmm. I'm so used to relying on this technology that mm-hmm. now I'm I don't know what you know. I can't find my arrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's kind of like at, at that point, you couldn't find the arrow even even if you did right. not have you know. Anyway, so it's just another thing to spend money on. You know what I mean? It's like oh, absolutely. Like, again, I need ten gear more heads, dollars for those. <laughs> again, back to gearheads. It, it it uh it it I fell deep into that with guitar because they get you when you know I was I was a kid and then like oh look the Stevie Ray Vaughan signature model I'm like oh <laughs> this is this is the this is the amp that Stevie Ray used <gasps> yeah. gotta have it because you know they the marketing again they make you think it'll make that, you sound better yeah make, you'll sound not just only like Stevie Ray Vaughan exactly <laughs> you don't even oh, have to practice now yeah that's exact that's the way they try to like the push American it way. To you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they do that with, and it took me a, a while to kind of like learn, like to really start picking that up and, and like, all right, I got to back off here. Yeah. Cause, it's cause a marketing it, ploy. Because not only the guitar, not only the amp, but now you have pedals. Yeah. And pedals are modular where you can like mix and match them. You can put them in a, uh, your, uh, depending on how, where they are in the chain, all the dials on it. Oh. 
Just keeps adding up. Keeps adding up. And for someone someone like me who loves all that fucking technology, Jesus. Oh. But I learned how to get like a good blend of uh, the both. I've got it under control now. Yeah. I've got it under control. You're reformed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the same happened with the bow. I mean, I bought a a low-end bow Mm -hmm. and I just stripped it down and I started, you know, getting higher-end stuff like the sight and the the rest, you know, where the Mm -hmm. arrow rests on. That was like three hundred dollars, <laughs> just the rest. Yeah, wow. But uh, yeah, 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 it's just always another thing. They now, need... now are the modern bows these days that modular? Like they? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm. you can just like I said, strip it down and just mm-hmm. make your own. So how much are you? Are uh, just you know for the the for for the sake of conversation for you strip it down and then you. Let's say a, a mid-grade, just kind of like a good entry-level bow would be around cost, after, cost after you put like everything together. Yeah, estimate. Uh, maybe around like eight hundred to a thousand. Okay, and then like a uh, 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 upper-class bow would be well, two thousand, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, you get a really nice two thousand-dollar bow. And then, oh, jeez! But it's not going to make you shoot any better. I, I understand that. I understand that. I'm just, I'm just. It's trying just gonna, to... it's gonna mean like you know, you mm-hmm. showed up and you're like, oh man, I got the Hoyt. You know, don't get me wrong, man. Hoyt's a beautiful bow, but mm-hmm. like, it's you know, I'm not driving a BMW, so I'm not shooting a Hoyt. That's so. the. Is that the BMW of bows? Yeah, or maybe the, the maybe the. Uh, I don't know what the better car would be. It's the Rolls Royce. It's yeah. the Bentley. It's the, oh jeez. It's the ones I can't afford. <laughs> But it probably gives but you. But honestly, a, like at the range, I'll shoot, you know, next to somebody that's shooting a Hoyt and I'm hitting the bullseye, dude. That's what you I was know, about to say. It's just it the mu- same as you are. It, mu- it must give you a sense of satisfaction of like, here, I just I just did that and I did it for like $500 less. Yeah, you know what I mean? $1,000 less. $1,000 less. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, man, I think this, you did a, a, a little bit over an hour. Oh yeah, it's been yeah. an hour. It's been it's been an hour, man. We going, ju- going to train now. We're going I know, to jujitsu. I know you're, I know you're headed to jujitsu. You coming over mat with me? Yes. <laughs> I haven't trained with you forever, man. You got six a.m. classes now. Yeah. I can't get up. It's there. A, it's the two different worlds, as we said. <laughs> Wait a minute, you've been getting up all the time for hunting. Not for jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hunting. I'm busy. <laughs> All right, man. I really want to... Is there anything else you wanted to uh, push or any other th- uh, final parting thoughts before we finish up? Uh, I don't know, man. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun. And uh, Thank you so much for having me on, man. Learning is fun, man. It's like I, we all just got to keep exploring and explore our environment and get more in tune with what's going on, you know, around us and uh, feel the breeze when you go for a hike and notice where the sun is coming in and, you know, just be aware of all those sort of things. And it's just... To me, that's more uh, <clears throat> more interesting. You know, Warren did that. What you just said reminded me of of that type of you know thinking or pushing towards. He's sitting on the couch, he was watching Sesame Street or something, and within like after ten minutes, he looks over at at Jess and goes, "Book." <laughs> wanted to wanted to read a book rather than good kid. Yep, and Jess made sure to point that out. And I'm like, okay, good. So. Warren, hopefully you still keep that up. Yes, we're going to get that boy on the trail, too. We're going to take him for a hike. Yes. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, Zachy. Always fun. You know what, folks? This is all just another nudge for me to actually go hiking, to get out into the wild, eventually go camping, and probably even eventually picking up a bow and go hunting with Mike. It's going to happen if he keeps telling these awesome stories at this rate. 
as always, you can get in touch with us at Dear Warren Podcast at Gmail, Instagram, and on Facebook. Thank you all for listening and all the support. We love you all, and we will see you next time with the wonderful Jessica for the Midweek Podcast. Thank you.